0: Hi, my name is Jordan Lytle. Welcome to Collected Nonsense, a podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. With me, I have my co-host Zachary Bruno. Zachary, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Tired, very tired. We're recording this at night when we usually record in the morning, so it's right been a long day. Yes. So, what have you? Yeah. It has. What have you been up to this week?
1: Uh, a lot of practicing for a. Um, let's see. I'm going to Illinois for. Uh, over the weekend and playing some, some songs with some other musicians at sort of a festival.
0: Oh, cool. So tell me a little bit about the festival.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's actually uh, pretty cool. I heard about it um, maybe a few months ago. Somebody invited me, uh, I guess an online friend I've never met. Um, I know quite a bit of the online, of these online people I've never met in person, but we've just known them for years and it's, it's pretty cool that I'm going to be able to meet them in a few days.
0: Cool. Do you know the name of the festival? Yes, or it's, info it, about it?
1: it probably wouldn't ring a bell. It's called the Pilgrim Festival, but it's not, not big at all. It's very. It's kind of more of a friends kind of thing. Um, it's not big yet, but we'll see if in one or two years it might be. I have no idea what to expect.
0: Cool. Sounds pretty interesting. I've just been uh, working and stuff, and I play a little bit of music, but uh, no festivals are going out of town or anything, so... It's been a little bit more boring on my end you been listening to any music
1: yes um jordan and i want to start a band of the week so today uh this week's band of the week for the podcast is life of dylan and um their one and only album if you could call it that it's actually an ep it's called prologue um and it is pop genre although when I first listened to the album or the EP, I should say, it's, um, it kind of reminded me a lot of folk and, um, that's, yeah, a lot of folk. It's, it's pop in the structure and the recording style and, you know, not a lot of reverb and stuff like that, but, um, I really like the, it's like a fusion kind of between pop and folk and they, they say house music too. Um, uh, to get, I guess to give you an idea of what it sounds like, it would be, um, if you've heard of, am I wrong, which is the only song I've heard of Nico and Vince, um, the artists, which may or may not ring a bell, Jordan. Um,
0: I'm not sure I've actually heard it. I may have to. that song.
1: It. Yeah. Um, am I wrong? It was pretty popular for a little bit is, um, kind of a similar vibe to that and a little bit of magic, um, vibe, a La Blanc black, uh, who sung with, uh, I believe he sung, Owl Black sung with uh, Owl City recently, and um, as well as um, Avicii. Or he didn't sing with Avicii, but he sung for Avicii in uh, "Wake Me Up." So, yeah, hmm. um, go check it out. It's called a prologue. A bunch you don't of other really good to. stuff.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, as far as what I've been listening to, I mean i haven't listened to a ton of music this week actually i've just been very busy but more gaslight anthem and a little bit of bob dylan and stuff like that i hadn't really branched out a lot this week i should probably listen to some new stuff but
1: yeah well i i i would have been the same i think the main reason i was listening to this band was because a friend had introduced uh, the band to me so it's not it's it's really easy i know to get like caught up in the same kind of music and stuff but
0: well actually I did go back and listen to a bunch of killer stuff. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. Which is oh, yeah. kind of in the same vein of stuff I've been listening to, but Sweet. went back and I bought um Hot Fuss, which is one of their earlier albums.
1: Okay. Which is really I, good. I've and never listened to The Killers. I only have heard of the name. Which is sad because Yeah, it's sad because I you know, I I've heard so much about these people and I'm like, Yeah, I know somebody who knows about them, or I know somebody who likes them, but I never. I'm like I never get into like the older stuff for some reason. I'm kind of a, more of a new edge rider when it comes to the the music. I mean, it's industry. not it's not
0: exactly old. the The earliest album of theirs that I have is Hot Fuss, and it was in two thousand four. Okay, yeah. And That's the last that album old. was from twenty twelve, so it's pretty new.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm just. So I'm thinking of a, a guy that I know is who's kind of way older than me and he listens to or he he knows of the band at least and just a i guess it's a random reference kind of an assumption but
0: yeah i get that i mean hearing some of the stuff you might assume that it's a little bit older than it is especially well i guess if you're listening to like brandon flowers solo stuff a lot of it sounds like it's from the 80s like we've talked about
1: yeah actually speaking of um speaking of old music <laughs> i don't know why this even this is not even related to old music but um Jordan Taylor if you've ever heard of Blimey Cow you'll know you'll probably know that he released a uh an album actually yeah full length album um if you haven't heard of Blimey Cow it's it's like a I don't even know how to describe it it's like a, it's kind of like a, um it's a bunch of homeschoolers doing skits basically in front of a black screen and they do very controversial sarcastic skits about stuff that you either like it or you don't. Really, is what it boils down to. But anyway, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool because the the guy that um, pretty much hosts the show. Um, he's he was doing an album, I think, instrumental album. I think w- one day he like follows me on Twitter or something, and he's like, "Dude, I like your music." And I'm like, "What? How did you even?" I think I favorited one of his tweets that I really liked or something, and he found me and he liked my music. And oh, then, cool somehow I found, I found him on Facebook and then he sends me like a bunch of demos cuz I was willing to like help him out on his music and he's like dude do you think doing the lyrics would be cool cuz this was at the point where he was just doing instrumental um guitar music and I was I said I was like yeah that'd be really really cool and he's like okay cool and I, he probably asked a bunch of other people about it but it was it was really cool um kind of hearing his first kind of pieces that he released, and then like seeing them evolve from, um, from instrumental to lyrical and and stuff like that. It was it was pretty
0: cool. I guess it's all, it's always cool to hear from people that you know of and have them ask your opinion.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I don't know if I really contributed that much, but but it was cool nevertheless. You know.
0: Interesting. Huh. I'm I'm not sure how you got to there from old music, but.
1: You know, his music style is, um, I'm not actually sure either, but his music style is a lot more, when I think of old music, I usually think a lot more, um, I don't know, the recording style just reminded me a lot of the stuff that my, my dad listened to uh, a lot. And um, I think he, my dad doesn't really listen to a lot of music that he used to listen to before. But I think recently he put on like a really kind of a slow, maybe jazz, style, maybe, I don't know, fifties, sixties, something. And, um, the recording style kind of struck me as, as interesting because it was, it almost sounded like, I mean, if you had good, a good pair of headsets, you know, a good stereo system, you could hear the, the ri- the room of the sound of the room in, it almost sounded like you were inside of the studio. It's not like the pop stuff huh. now where it almost sounds like your ear is directly in front of the instrument and the voice and everything at the same time. It was almost like you were in a room and there's like this ambiance about it.
0: So it's almost more like a live recording?
1: It, But it was so like clean and pure at the same time. That's that's probably hmm. why it reminded me of his album because Jordan Taylor's album is, is definitely like that. It's more of... I think it i hope i'm i hope i'm right like it it reminded me for a reason i'm i'm really hoping that like that's why but uh, honestly i haven't i didn't even know up up until this point i'm kind of like kind of thinking out loud right now
0: all right i mean that makes sense sometimes comfort sometimes you jump from one subject to another in your head It's fine i was just curious yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I would like that sound or not, because when I'm recording stuff, it always bothers me when I can hear stuff in the background. Yeah. But I guess it could probably sound cool in certain situations. I don't know. It would depend on how it's mixed. I'll be interested to listen to it. So you've listened to anything else? Or found any other music? Uh,
1: Not, not too much let's see I'm trying to think I think that was pretty much it life of Dylan was kind of the big big thing for me this week
0: so what did you like about their music specifically life of Dylan um yeah just get, uh, expound on that a bit yeah
1: um well okay they it seems like their light their life their personality kind of shines through in their songs um, a lot of their songs are about they're, they have four songs in the EP. That's the only songs that they have available. Um, there's Overload, Dreams, Toys, and Bluebirds. And they're very... They're kind of... They're whimsical. Okay, so that's the folk side of things, I guess. But um, but the pop uh, is... I don't know. Everything's just like meshed together in a way that I like. So it's, it's very honest. Um, I think one of them was about... One of the songs was about dreams. So... Um, you know he quit his job at the store because he couldn't take it anymore, um, and stuff like that. But it's not. It has this really cheery uppity vibe, um, at the same time of having the pop kind of texture and and mix to it. So there's a lot of acoustic instruments, but uh, but it's very like mixed in a sort of a a very close dancey kind of house way. So I think I think that's. That's the real reason I like it a lot is because it's very, it's easy to get into. It's very easy to connect to because they're honest about stuff. Like it's not all, they don't just write songs just because, you know, something's going to sell. Obviously they're really early in their, um, really early in, in what they're doing right now, but, but yeah, they're just, they're honest.
0: So, would you say, from like a rhythm standpoint, is it more of a pop rhythm, for the most part? Or is it... Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
1: But folk can be a pop rhythm, too. So. Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I guess if you're talking about more modern folk-style stuff, as opposed to older, what would be considered folk music? What do you... What would... What, what... Well, I was about to ask. I think we're about to ask each other the same questions. <laughs> like, what would you consider folk? What would I you guess consider, I would consider folk like Bob music. Dylan folk? Yeah. Which is very different from anything that like modern that you'd call folk. I guess the closest modern thing we have to folk. Actually, that's not true. The close modern popular thing that we ha- would have to folk would be something like Mumford and Sons. Okay. I oh, mean, I. Which is not really folk, but.
1: Well. But. What is a genre? this genre is just a way to to classify songs that are in... I mean, it's always evolving, right? Because music is, music is always
0: going to evolve. Well, I mean, it's always changing in some senses, but the reason something is lumped into a genre is because they have certain things in common. So if it doesn't have enough things in common with the other things of a genre, it's not part of that genre. True, yeah. So, you know, all you know, every kind of country from old country to new country has been about a certain a certain style. There's certain things in common. Right, right. Modern country and older country sound nothing alike, but they're still tend to be about some of the same subjects and they have at least a few things about them that sound similar. Most modern what what's considered country now in a lot of cases really is just pop. But there's still modern country that has that same style of older country and actually fits the country genre well I feel like the argument that genres don't mean anything just doesn't it makes about as much sense as saying that we shouldn't call chairs chairs because they're all so different
1: well I I would argue that my point would be that Mumford and Sons I have never listened to them again regretfully so but um but that they we, they could be leading the edge in so-called folk music and we would never know.
0: Um, I, I mean, I guess they, they could help push the genre forward, but I'm not sure that... Hold on. I'm looking up what genre they call themselves. So they call themselves folk rock, which means they're taking some elements from folk, and combining it with rock. So I guess it's a its own distinct genre more than anything. I don't know. I'm not an expert on genres either, it's just
1: Hey, it's all it's all cool. Um, Life of Dylan is pop genre according to iTunes, and I will let you and the listeners decide whether or not um, you wanna you wanna make it you you wanna decide that it's it's pop or not because i honestly when i first listened to it when i listened to it more than once i didn't automatically think pop but then again i'm not an expert either so
0: yeah i think for me what defines pop mostly is the rhythm it tends to be really simple and i i don't know enough about drumming to understand like the different styles of rhythms or what they're actually called but it has a very distinct sound to it it's really straightforward there's not much to it most of the time yeah from a rhythm standpoint which is part of what makes it really accessible i guess to new listeners but it also makes it less interesting for me
1: yeah it's it's the i guess it's the introduction curve like it's definitely easier to get into the song but will it will it stay um, The the question is not will it stay in your mind, but will it stay in your playlist, I guess, forever? Will you continue to like it for years and years?
0: Yeah, and I guess for me, the answer is always no for pop music. There's just something about... And it's not, not all pop music, because there's a lot of what would have been considered pop music in previous decades that I listen to it over and over and over. But just whatever the current rhythm is, which and I wish I knew more about that kind of music to be able to describe it better. But just the current sound of pop music is not something that appeals to me on a broad spectrum. It's like there's a few songs here and there that I'll like, or a few bands here and there. But the ones that I enjoy are the ones that break from or split off from the genres a little more and don't sound like normal pop music.
1: Right. It has a personality to it, so to speak.
0: Well, it's really just the stuff that doesn't match. Like, it's, you know, if I were to pick pop songs that I liked, which, and I can't even really think of any off the top of my head they would all be songs that other people would be like I'm not even sure that's pop. Mhm. I don't know. It Maybe it's just not my genre. Well, I too. I
1: I can see that though because um here's the thing is that a big thing, a big part of the whole music industry is mm-hmm. the more you you play the song on the radio, the more sales you get. There's a there's a curve and the curve is very shallow at the beginning where you can spend a lot of money to get it played on the radio. And if it's, if it's so, so then, I mean, if it's really, if it's really good, you're still not going to get that much return on investment. But if you start playing it like a ton, ton, um, you'll see a huge increase because um, it's basically a, a fact that the more you listen to a song, the more, The more it's going to get stuck in your head, and statistically, the more you're going to like it. Um, According to... I mean, people will say they're annoyed at a certain song because it's playing on the radio so much, but yet they have it on their phone or whatever. So, And and in the eyes of the music industry, if you have it on your phone, you bought it, or you pirated it or whatever, but you have it and you bought it, most likely, and you're actually... you actually paid money to the service, so I don't even know where I was going with this, but um
0: but it's so not you're, what you're saying is that it appeals to a broad audience well, I, think, I right? guess what
1: I'm saying yeah i I'm saying that it's, it's not always something that uh it's not always something that um you're gonna like right off the bat, but if it does if it is okay in the eyes of pretty much everyone, then it has the potential to be like a seller in the eyes of everyone in general.
0: I mean I get that. I mean from a sales standpoint it makes perfect sense. And I don't know. I can see where that's I can see where they're coming from. So I don't I guess the the rule I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well I get that. Just I'm I guess in the exception of the rule in that if I hear a song over and over again on the radio and I get annoyed by it, I then don't buy it. And I'm never going to buy it. And the more I hear it, the less likely I am to buy it because why would I buy it when it's on the radio all the time? That's very true. Um, if, if I can f- change every station, the same song is playing, which happens some days. I'm never buying that song because it's always on the radio, and I'll get sick of it. Would you stream it though, or would that be the same thing? Mm, okay, so I guess in most cases, no. I think the only song that I've that was on the radio like twenty four seven that I then went and streamed every once in a while because I actually liked the song was. Oh, what's the name of it? It's that one fun song that they played all the time.
1: Yeah. um, uh, Some
0: Nights. Not Some Nights. I did stream that one too, though. It was uh, Give Me a Second, I Need to Get My Story Straight.
1: Okay, yeah. I think I've heard of that one. Oh,
0: We Are Young. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that song. But I liked that song to begin with. It didn't annoy me that yeah. they played it all the time. But they did play that all the time.
1: Right. And th- that's the difference, I guess. Between... I also
0: didn't buy it. <laughs>
1: yeah, You didn't buy so, it. Well, I think what are the exceptions, Jordan, I don't know how much music you buy, but honestly, I don't buy that much music at all.
0: I ba- buy maybe one album a month.
1: Uh, and it's
0: usually stuff that I've listened to for like six months up to that. And I, I've gotten to the point where like, I streamed this enough. I should probably just go and yeah. buy it.
1: Yep. So but do you have again, Spotify Premium or no?
0: No, no. no. I, okay. It's the kind of thing where the ads on Spotify annoyed me so much that I resolved not to buy it because I hated the business model. Even okay. Though I understand where they're coming from. It just nice. it annoyed me so much. I was like, I'm not paying them anything. Nice. So I usually I don't usually I don't use Spotify that much. I usually use like YouTube or something just because I don't like the service. Okay. Well, I have and Spotify. I might premium. try. Yeah, I might try the new Apple thing. Which we should talk about in a bit. Cause yes, we'll we should, and I thing, but...
1: regretfully have not researched. So I... I, I researched a little bit. You did. Okay. pulled up. Sweet. Well, let's just talk about
0: too, that so. now. Okay. So last week we talked about Taylor Swift a little bit, and by the time the podcast was released, the information was completely outdated. But so I think one of the things we missed last time was we were talking about how Taylor Swift uh, was wrote an open letter to Apple talking about how artists needed to get paid. What we failed to mention was what she was specifically objecting to was the fact that during free trial periods... Actually, we may have mentioned it, but I don't remember it. That during free trial periods, artists don't get paid for what gets streamed. Which, from a business standpoint, makes sense because no money's coming in, so no money's going out. Right? So... She said she wasn't going to put her music on the service unless they changed their mind. Right. And they did. And I said, I said she wouldn't, or they wouldn't change their mind. And they did. So I was wrong. And it's good that they changed it, but they're paying artists. They didn't change the amount they're paying them. They just changed whether they're paying them during the free trial or not. Yeah. So, and we still don't even know what they're paying them. So I'm not sure anything was actually accomplished. Yep. I don't know. The other thing is. Yeah. It's a three-month... There's a three-month free trial period, which is actually a lot more than you would normally get for a service. It's, like, 10 bucks a month. And you get access to, like, their entire... Or... You get access... How many songs do you get access to? It's... Um, it looks like... You can listen to tens of millions of tracks, but I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's every track that's on iTunes or only every track that's been approved for the streaming yeah, service. So I have a feeling it's the to, second.
1: To know, I, I have my music on iTunes, my, my solo piano stuff, and if that automatically got on Apple Music or not, that's interesting. I don't know. I wonder. That's a good question to come back to next yeah, does
0: It doesn't look like it says in the info on their website.
1: Yeah, it'd have to be something you you kind of know from the back end. If you had your music uploaded, they'd probably tell you, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, yeah. I have a way of knowing. I just don't have the
0: the computer pulled up and stuff with that. And maybe we should look at that, and we'll talk about it again next week one more time. But yeah. I guess one of the things I did want to bring up is uh, th- their release seems to support my statement from last week that it's really another form of radio because they have their own radio station set up as well, which is just a, they have a a live broadcast station. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I guess they, they have DJs that are creating specific set lists, which then play on like a electronic radio station.
1: Wow. I did not know that. That is a very cool concept. So
0: because they have three studios, one in LA, one in New York city and one in London. And they're going to have, it's going to be like a legit radio station, which is kind of cool. That is cool. So they're going to have interviews, guest hosts, and looks like news from the world of music.
1: See, I can see that being the future of radio because that's like directly interconnected with one of the online
0: music services. Well, stuff like this has been around before, if I can remember what it's called. uh, oh Yeah, I think somebody brought it up earlier. It's basically. It, the Apple version of Shoutcast, which is a service that lets you create your uh, create your own internet radio station and broadcast it. It's just an Apple-sponsored version of that, but all polished up and nice-looking. Okay. Yes, I've never used Shoutcast. I've just heard people mention it. According to them, it's the ultimate directory of online radio stations, so... Huh. i don't know how that works legally like do you have to can you play anything on there or do you have to have specific yeah that's, interesting. that's that, an or? interesting
1: point yep uh, i'm that pretty sure you can later, i'm pretty sure that there are a lot of regulations um enforced by governments actually it's kind of weird but royalties and stuff and re- with regards to copyrights and 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 those sorts of things are enforced by governments and so certain countries can't sometimes you like Pandora is only in like three countries or four countries I think uh, for example and um, since they're not they're not directly paying artists they they're actually paying a, um, a middleman sound exchange and BMI for different reasons there's performer royalties and then there's um, composer royalties uh, so they're paying those those companies, and then you have to, as an artist, sign up for those comp those um, companies and under those companies, and and you receive the royalties that way. So if, I don't know. It's kind of That's, odd. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, but what I was, I guess, what I was saying was that, um, that your question was uh, an in- an interesting question because um, while you can stream through Spotify, well, can you? That's interesting. Can you stream through Spotify in any country, or is that just certain countries, too?
0: I feel like certain countries may not certain let you do that, but I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't actually know. But, I mean, Shotcast is a little different because it actually allows you to broadcast as opposed to streaming. So, right
1: about Pandora. It, I mean,
0: same, right? It's it's Well, you can kind of limited. create a stream and listen to it yourself, but you have... Like this. This lets you like create your own radio station, where you're actually setting a station up for people to listen right. to. Right.
1: Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to to look up.
0: I don't know. I may look at that and come back, and we can talk about it next week, just because it's an interesting thing, even if it's not necessarily directly related to, <coughs> directly related to Apple Music.
1: Right. And going back to Apple Music, I still don't know what the royalty rates or the business model is. I mean, if Taylor Swift is, is someone of of moral standards, um, like we all want to believe, then she'd have put her music on a streaming service that was somewhat better than Spotify somehow. Uh, but I don't know. I mean,
0: that... The well, I'm months- assuming she's getting paid more. Yeah. Because um, she did agree to... Did finally agree to put her music on there, and she did for Spotify. So I'm assuming they're paying.
1: Well, I don't, I don't. I'm not assuming that at all. I, I don't think so at all.
0: So why, why would you? What do you think would make the difference? Because, to Um, my knowledge, her music is still not on Spotify, right?
1: According to her, if 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 we take what if we take her word for it, which is the only thing we can do, um, then the reason why she wasn't on Spotify was not because of her or money for for her, it was because she thought the business model was unfair for other artists, like artists that are up and coming that aren't getting the money that they deserve for their art. It, it was less about, I mean, she could care less. She's getting tons of money anyway. It doesn't really matter. I mean, in, if she's probably getting the majority of the money too because that's how the Spotify business model works. So um, it really had nothing to do with her in the first place so I think, yeah, it, Apple Music might not be paying more, but they might be. They might even be paying less, um, just distributing it more fairly, with among the the artists that are signed up.
0: Okay, okay, that kind of makes sense. I'm kind of looking up what's going on there. I don't know a ton about the Spotify business model, but. I guess it just depends on what the split is. Maybe the split's a little bit more even across the board. Yeah, you end up you may make the same amount of money across the board, but you end up getting more of it instead of it going to, yep, Apple or some third party company or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I may have to give Apple Music a shot since there's a like three month free trial or whatever.
1: Yeah, we'll see how how it does. I, I don't. iTunes Radio was a flop, so.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's just like, why use it? There's yeah, so many other things that do the that exact was, same thing. Yeah, it was weird. I like their idea of having an like an actual internet radio station that's ju- that's sponsored by them that's just a radio station. Right, yeah. I don't know if in practice I will ever listen to it, but I like the idea. Yep. And, it, I and like I said, it's not new, but it just seems like a cool thing. I'm not sure I want to pay 5 bucks a month to have access to that but I'll take a 3 3 month yeah. free trial. Hey, what was it? 5 five bucks a month? Actually, I think it's 10. I think I, think I said 5, yeah. but it's 10.
1: Well, still, I mean, I pay $13 a month for for Spotify Premium. So Oh yeah, so it's cheaper. I mean, it's 10 bucks cheaper. a month for
0: a single membership. Yeah. For a family membership, it's 15, which is up to 6 people. Okay. So it's much cheaper. So I don't know what their selections like, though.
1: Yeah. Family members. Uh, what I
0: don't like is... Well, okay. So I haven't actually looked this up, but I'd heard that there might be exclusive tracks only available through Apple Music.
1: Ah. Uh, that's, that's disgusting, kind of. Really. Yeah, it really rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I don't actually know if that's true or not. So allegedly.
1: Yeah, that'd be weird. I, it's kind of like... Um, did you hear of the Beats music thing that Jay Z? I think he started. Um, he started Beats music, or or he bought Beats music, or something. I forgot. No, Apple bought Beats. Apple bought Beats. Okay, so
0: he started. Yeah, so it, he may have his own thing.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: yeah, so Pharrell has a Beats One exclusive track.
1: Yeah, I uh, I saw a bunch of this weird stuff going on, and and I don't know. It's just like it it kind of turns art into more of a a business, like it's something, some kind of
0: commercial product. You want to know the irony? What? That one exclusive track is called Freedom.
1: <laughs> That's
0: funny. It's so ironic. I don't know. It it always bugs me when people do stuff like that. It's, it's like, yeah, we don't really care if you have access to our music or not. Pay these, Pay these people money. Right. Yeah. I understand, you know, they got to eat, but at the same time, they're making so much money as it is. Why right why do that why make it harder for people to get access to your music it kind of just shows
1: yeah i mean it's kind of like either shows how much you you care about our track or you're not it's like either you sign up for apple or you're not gonna you're not gonna hear my track which is like i don't know i think just that's just the wrong business model in general for if you're
0: a good fan you'll go sign up for the service
1: yeah i know yeah if you're Yeah, if you're a loyal citizen.
0: Yep. Yeah, so so far, according to Macworld.com, there are a few artists still missing. Uh, The Beatles are not on there, which is not surprising. It took them forever to even get on iTunes. Um, The Prince is not on there. Uh... I don't know, there's, a, there's various other people that are missing. But it looks like they'll let you upload music from your own iTunes library and seamlessly incorporate those tracks into Apple Music's Apple Music's catalog. So if you have the music already, you can stream it through there. Kind of like their, I forget what they called it, but the the service that you could pay monthly and they would store your music in the cloud, which is what Google Play Music does for free. I don't. I don't know if you've used Google Play Music. I. I don't know. I.
1: Yes, I have a little bit, but I. I don't like having, a bazillion different places to store my music right? or anything. It's just like, five, ten different types of social media. It's like Google Plus, Google Play. I think the Google thing is just bugs me. I
0: don't know why. Uh, they need help with their naming. It doesn't always make sense. Yeah. Okay, like, so it's a, yeah, it's, it's Google weird. Play Music. But yeah, the, the only reason I use it is because I have a ridiculous number of songs, like six or seven days worth of music, okay. and I can't fit all of it on my phone, but I want to have access to it, so, I'm, so I can just upload it for free, store it in the cloud. Uh... So I can keep the stuff in iTunes that I listen to all the time, and stuff I don't listen to as often, I can just put on Google That's Play Music, and then if I want to listen to it somewhere, I can do that. Yeah, so it, yeah, that that's why I don't have it all on iTunes, and that's and for me, it's really only two places to listen to it. So that's exactly that
1: why do. I have Spotify Premium because I want to be able to listen to my music not on the internet. Well, actually, that's kind of the opposite. But yeah, I want to be able to listen to my my music when I'm not online. So I guess I do download it from the cloud. So it's kind of kind of the opposite of what you're doing. But
0: um, yeah, so you, you can do the same thing with Google Play Music where you can save it to your device and then clear it later it, and it's seamless and actually you can do kind of the same thing with iTunes but only for tracks that you bought through iTunes and Google Play it doesn't matter where you bought it from you can just put it on there and I have a ton of music that I didn't buy through iTunes I also have a lot of game soundtracks and stuff like that which I got as part of a game and so tons and tons and tons of tracks that I've imported into iTunes but I didn't buy through iTunes because they aren't even on iTunes and sometimes I at listen to stuff like that while they work so it's just nice to have access to it, and it's free. So,
1: dude, I'm I'm really curious about now. I have a 64 gigabyte. I think it's 64. Yeah, 64 gigabyte iPhone. So it's nice to have that much space. But I'm I haven't checked how much I've used so far. I've had this thing for like um, I don't know four months, three months. So I'm kind of curious to see how much Spotify takes
0: up when I download the tracks to my... That'd be good to know. Like, I always end up downloading a bunch of songs, or you, I used to. My phone has more storage than it used to, but I, when I only had an 8 gig phone, I would always end up downloading a bunch of songs to it and then realize like, I had no space for anything else, just because you don't always think about how much space it takes up. Right. And there are a few things I ripped from CDs and didn't use a compressed format. like I accidentally selected lossless loss list or something, and so an album would take up. You know, half a gig or something. <laughs> like yeah. The rest of the files are tiny, but that one in particular was just huge.
1: Okay. It looks like, oh, wow. Okay. So Spotify is second on the list to photos and camera. So it looks like I need to clear up some video. Um, but Spotify is taking up 3.6 gigabytes and music is taking up 1.4. That's
0: not too bad. Yeah. Unless that's Spotify, just the app taking up that much space, in uh, which case, how, it's do you, in how would you check that then? I don't think it'll show you what the app is taking it versus the data in the app, necessarily. Unless do you use an iPhone or do you use Android? It's iPhone. Yes, I don't know. I know on, I know how to check that on Android, but I don't know how to check that on iPhone, which is ironic because I don't use Android. <laughs> it, it okay.
1: So it it says documents and data 3.5. So I'm guessing I'm gonna have to give them the benefit of the doubt that it is 3.6 gigabytes. I mean, it'd be pretty insane if the app was
0: 3.6 gigabytes. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know how it'll, it, it's a little late to be coming up with a service like that since everybody else has already done services like that. Yeah. But then again, they released the iPhone after everybody had been doing smartphones for years and they cut. Kind of, but then again, one more time back on the other side, with the iPhone they actually did something new. And this isn't anything new. This is just exactly the same thing everybody else has done.
1: Yeah, or it's or they're pretending it is and then it'll be like, "Well, I doubt this, but it'll be completely different or completely amazing compared to Spotify."
0: Yeah, well, if there's one thing about Apple, it's that they they wouldn't do something like that. Like they when they do something cool, they want everybody to know they're doing something cool. So they're not going to like hide the fact that they're innovating. They're not like Valve. Yeah, they're not like Valve. They're gonna do something for a few years. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, uh, by the way, we've been working on this for a while." You don't think so?
1: What What about iPhone? They They didn't tell people they were working on it until it was coming
0: out, right? Yeah, but when they announced it, they talked about everything about it and how great it was and how it was different from everything else. And yeah, they don't they don't like release stuff and then talk about it, or and then talk about it months later. It's when they release it, they want as much press right then and there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Steve Jobs is not there anymore. I think that's that's a whole other topic. But
0: yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, there's also the whole argument that they're not really innovating anymore, and they're just copying other people. They've always just copied other people, but I mean, they're just iterating, yeah. which is what all companies do. Yep, I I see you it in, in and Artists and it. stuff too. Just yeah, you you only get a a product like an iPhone once every few decades really right and it's know. really you know it, technology just doesn't move in a way that gives you leaps like that on a regular basis
1: yep we can they tell happen, that google you know, glass flopped
0: yeah which well, it was kind of a cool product and i, I feel like the hololens is going to do the same kind of thing where it's like oh that's really cool who has that kind of money and what are <laughs> they going to use it for
1: well but the iphone i mean that's iPhone's expensive.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. They made it. It's a six hundred dollar device that you can get for two hundred dollars. Why? Well, because it's subsidized. Yeah. So, it, you know when you compare two hundred dollars to the you know multi thousand dollars that things like the Hololens have costed or have cost. I'm tired of my grammar's off now. But if you compare it to like you know the multi thousand dollars that stuff like that has typically cost, it's very very cheap. And I don't know what the Hololens is gonna end up costing, but I can almost guarantee you it's gonna to be too much. But then again, I've been wrong in this past week even, so <laughs> hopefully I'm like wrong Like about again. what? Oh, uh, Taylor Swift. Remember?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That was yeah. last week though.
0: Wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's true. That was last week. So
1: you're not wrong this week
0: yet. Yet. That I know of.
1: (laughs) No, but... We'll see. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. The technology is like not... It just doesn't change fast enough to make it affordable and useful at the same time. Yeah, it
0: changes very quickly. It just doesn't make leaps. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. Kind of the same thing I feel about VR a lot of times is that all the VR headsets and stuff we have now, it's like, well, they all look about the same and they're not moving very quickly. It's like, well, this technology has been around for a very long time and people have been making advances in it. But it's really hard to make a huge leap in a way that is going to make sense to a consumer. Yeah. Like we've, we've come a long way. But from a consumer standpoint, if you just show them a headset and they're not actually using it, they're just like, it looks the same. The feature set is the same. It's slightly higher resolution. What does that get you? Like, the only way you can sell that to somebody is by getting them to actually use it. That's part of the thing with the HoloLens, too, is, like, the only way you're going to sell those things is if somebody uses them and then thinks it's cool. It's, it's really hard to just show somebody and, you know, and give them a good idea of what their experience with it is going to be. Like, even their ad, it's like, this is all in CG. What does this, what does this actually mean in the real world? How am I going to use that?
1: Yeah, like, how does, it, how does it make my gaming better than it uh then it really is like then I'm already playing right now and speaking of gaming yeah and is
0: it even is it even possible for a game to use for gaming cuz like they were demoing it at E3 and their demo for it was they bef- people were showing up to play a Halo demo and they had them put on a HoloLens and then they it rendered a waypoint and they had them walk around and look at a map in 3D and then they were like okay give us back the HoloLens and go play Halo like it wasn't even tied into the game at all in a way that was meaningful so I don't I don't even know what they're gonna yeah. do with it. I hope they come up with something super cool, and I'd be excited to see it. But I don't I don't know. Speaking of gaming, we really
1: transitioned that really well, Jordan. Um, but that actually worked. Yeah, yeah, it was like seamless. Good job.
0: No, we broke it though because we, we acknowledged <laughs> it.
1: Speaking of gaming, oh, well. what are your favorite games that you've played this week, and what or favorite games that you've heard of, or games that you've heard of?
0: Uh, This week, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but I played some Dirty Bomb. Did I mention that last week?
1: Uh, Sounds very familiar. I feel like
0: I did. It's an objective-based first-person shooter. I really like it. After playing it some more, it's free-to-play. And it's similar to Team Fortress 2 in that it moves very, very quickly, and there's different classes you could choose and stuff like that. But one of the things I like about it the most is all the maps are set up with objectives in a way that you it it progresses from one section of the map to another. So you'll have you'll either be on an attacking side or a defending side and you progress you know you'll start out in one portion of the map fighting over one objective. If you end up capturing it then you move to the next section of the map. You're in the same map, but it's almost like it's a different map because the all of the choke points change so you end up fighting in different areas and it changes the flow of everything and then you know if you complete the objective there you end up moving one more and if you complete all the objectives you win if you don't the defenders win and it's interesting because you have you know your assault class which is like the heavy then you have like a sniper and then you have a medic so i usually play medic because no one plays medic and nobody knows how to play medic so just <laughs> go around reviving people and stuff like that.
1: So it's like Team Fortress 2 with more of a story-based mission kind of setting.
0: Well, yeah, it's a lot like the payload mode in Team Fortress 2. And instead of having like 10 classes or however many Team Fortress 2 has, it's been a while since i played it, there are only a handful. And so there's different variations on those classes. And you get different loadout cards that you can use. But... For the most part, you know, there's three basic classes.
1: Yeah, it sounds it sounds really interesting. To
0: yeah, it's free. Might as well try it's it.
1: It's free. Might as well try it. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's free to play, so you can still pay for stuff if you want. But right, you don't. That's not needed for like the game at all.
1: Yeah, and that's. It seems like that's the way it is for for music too. It's like, it's going that route where it's like free, but you can pay if you want to. And most people end up paying anyway, but just that
0: barrier to entry is is really really small. Yeah, the thing they don't have that pay to or uh, free to play games. I almost said pay to win, so accordion slip. <laughs> um, the free to play games. Most of the pay to uh, win. Many of them are pay to win. Many of them. <laughs> Dirty Bomb is not. Um, That's funny. Yeah, free to play games. The one. What was I saying? Oh yeah. The one thing that free-to-play games have that music does not right now is the addiction factor. Right. Because there are things in a lot of free-to-play games that is just literally gambling. And it's it's not necessarily exploitative, but it's very addictive and it's intended to be addictive. Like in Dirty Bomb, the way you get new cards is you'll get a case drop, which you open the case and it'll like randomly give you a card of a certain rarity and so you may get you probably are going to get a card that's basically worthless you can craft those up later but you may get a really good card right so you can buy those cases and so it's people will just buy tons of cases they'll just sit there and pay you know five bucks for a few different cases and it's just gambling it's literally a slot machine yeah and it's just it's addicting so some people end up pouring tons and tons of money into stuff like that. and My, you know, Might as well just right now, buy the
1: coins to get the stuff instead of...
0: Well, in a lot of cases, you can't. Like, it's either you buy the cases and then let it you know, see if you can get something, uh, or you take the time to, you know, collect a bunch of really low-quality cards and then craft them up. Yeah. So, thankfully... In Dirty Bomb, at least, the, you know, you can still easily beat somebody with a better card. They just end up with more perks than you do. So, I don't know. It, they have a little bit of an advantage, but not enough that it's going to win them the game. By the stretch of the imagination. There are some games that where, you know, if you buy the stuff, you're the most powerful player. Right. And so you just have to buy stuff to win. I don't like that. But most of those games are not good. No one cares about them anyway. So, another good example of a game that does free to play well is planet side 2 because there's you can buy guns and stuff but they're all side grades so you know I, I think I bought one gun at planet side 2 I don't know if I've talked about planet side 2 before we but did, I, yeah. I bought like a sniper rifle just because I wanted to try something different and I played the game forever and I was like well I might as well give him some money so I paid five bucks and got a new gun and it was cool but it it, it fired it fired more slowly than the other gun, but was also more powerful, so it didn't give me enough of an advantage that I was suddenly beating everyone. But it was just different and fit my playstyle better. So stuff like that's better than than stuff where it's literally pay to win. I don't know. So where were we going with that? Oh yeah, you were asking about what games I've played this week. So yeah, I played Dirty Bomb. I played anything else? Um. Uh. Oh yeah, I figured out that Knight of the Old Republic, the uh, old Star Wars RPG, is on Android now, and so I picked that up and was playing a little bit of a, on my Android tablet. And so I think I played through that game twice, and this is like my third playthrough. Still good. Did not age very well, but it's still good. I don't know if you've ever played it.
1: No, I haven't.
0: Yeah, you should sometime. It's I mean, it's like 10 bucks on Android. I don't remember what it is on PC, but it's, it's really good. It's a good game. A pretty decent story, and the gameplay's all right. It was really, really bucky on PC, though, and I was actually impressed with the port to Android because I haven't had too many issues. Although, I did have an issue where, when I was playing with a controller the interact button would switch buttons every once in a while. So sometimes it'd be one button and sometimes it'd be another. And it, uh, I don't know why that is. It's just an odd bug. But for the most part, the performance was better than it was on PC originally. So I was impressed. And the user interface, they updated a little bit too for widescreen because it wasn't updated for widescreen before. And the PC version still won't run widescreen, <laughs> which is insane. But on the Android version, it runs pretty well. I was impressed. It's definitely not the norm. Normally stuff gets ported over and then it still runs terribly. But I don't know. Uh, I think that's all I've been playing. Have you played anything this week?
1: No, I haven't. But I'm just thinking, like, what? I don't know what you said, but it just reminded me of that. Uh, remember that old Hot Wheels game that we used to play?
0: Uh, the online one? Yeah. The racing one? I have a feeling that would not age well. Um But yeah, I remember it.
1: I mean it it well, what I from what I remember it was pretty decent graphics and stuff, but probably not.
0: Well, I remember it being amazing, but I also remember a lot of things being amazing and then going back to them later and being like, This is not that right." Great. I know. Yeah. And I think we were like eight when we played that game too, so
1: that was insane. For the, like-
0: for the listeners though the The Hot Wheels game we're talking about is back in the day. There was a Hot Wheels racing game online that you would load it with like Shockwave Flash or something, yeah. And it worked like a lot of the Hot Wheels games they've sold on like the Wii and stuff like that, where it's it's just a racing game where you uh, you would upgrade your car and you could earn points and stuff, and you would you know put weapons on your car and you could choose all the the stuff you would have beforehand, and then you go into the race and you could you drive around the track and then you could shoot weapons at people and yeah all sorts of it stuff. was
1: really cool. Uh, I I think there was a catch though, wasn't there? You had to actually buy a car from the store and get the code to play or was that just for upgrades?
0: Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it was something like that where it it, it was tied into actual products. I'd forgotten about that.
1: See, I remember I remember um we were playing this for a while and I had I was like, you know what, I'm just going to buy a new car. So I went to the store with my mom. We went to Walmart and I was like, I'm going to buy this cool car that's going to be amazing. And it was this, I think it ended up being this really weird snowmobile thing with like five <laughs> propellers at the back or something like that. It was really weird. And um, But I thought it'd be cool to drive around on the track. So I plug in the code at home and what do I know? It, it doesn't actually give you the car. That you
0: buy yeah it just gives you a car so I mean it's or like, just, I think it just gives you access to the, the service of that so it's interesting to talk about this now because there's you know new stuff with like amiibos where you you buy a physical thing and then you you know touch it on the Wii U controller and then it's in the game and it, it's kind of interesting because I didn't remember that there was stuff like this before it, the point was just that like you have access to the website if you buy a Hot Wheels car-, car, but it would be cooler if it worked like Amiibos and stuff like that, where if you buy that specific car, you could use that specific car in the game, yeah. but otherwise you couldn't. I almost kind of wish they'd do a new thing like that, except use near-field communication like they do with Skylanders and stuff like that, so you could you know, put it on a portal and then drive the car around. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be I'd, interesting. I, I do remember, too, that like there was no server browser or anything. So you you were playing online with other people. Right. But you could never pick who you were playing with. So I remember that you and I used to try to time it where we'd end up in the same game yep. by like gaming the netcode. We didn't know what we were doing at the time or why it was working, but we f- figured if we get on the phone and we both hit play at the same time, right? maybe we'll end up in the same game. It worked like half the time.
1: Yeah, because there was a delay.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just like if you if you end up queuing up at the same time, you end up in the same game for the most part.
1: Yeah, I remember one this one time where I think I think you quit or something, and you your car like automatically switched to AI, and we were we were kind of marveling at the fact that it was still driving, you know, and you had like got disconnected, and I was still on the phone with you, and I was like, dude, your car is still, <laughs> I I still, you're still ahead of me or something like that.
0: It's funny that works like, you know, as a a kid, it's like the coolest thing ever. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? I mean, of course, technology is just, yeah, actually kind of miss that sense of wonder, you know, as a kid, not not knowing what's going to happen, because it makes it easier to enjoy games sometimes. Yeah, because there's sometimes where it's like, something happens in a game or something works a certain way. And you know, you're like, oh, I wouldn't be able to climb up there because, of course, I wouldn't be able to. Like, there's no way they design it to where I could do that. Right? Or, you know, I know I can't do this. Like, there's something about going into a game and thinking, I could do literally anything in this game. And, like, <laughs> even though you can't, just going and thinking that makes it way more enjoyable. And just once once you eventually f- figure out the way those things work and you kind of understand the limits, then it becomes a little less fun.
1: Yeah, you kind of become skeptical.
0: Yeah, a little more cynical. Speaking of cynicism, another great segue, have you heard anything about the new Arkham Knight game? You know, the new Batman game?
1: No, I have not.
0: Well, PSA. Okay. It's awful on PC. So, it's a good game from what I've heard, but whatever they did when they ported it to the PC was, I don't know what they did, but they ruined a lot of things. It's locked at 30 frames a second. In order to get it to run at 60 frames a second, you have to manually edit the INI file, oh, which is wow. ridiculous to begin with. Then there's the fact that people with Titans, which are the most powerful cards right now, can't run the game at a steady 60 frames a second, which is insane. I can run, I can run The Witcher 3 with a 980 at a steady 60 frames a second, at 1440p. It... I don't know. So it was so buggy that they had to remove it from Steam and stop selling it, which has never happened before, Are as far serious? as I know, wow. for a large release, yeah. Wow. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the new Steam refund policy. Yep. Well, Because I'm sure that they were getting some refunds, or quite a few, at least. I don't know mm-hmm. any actual stats, but, I mean
1: i bet steam i mean that hurts steam's reputation it has to
0: uh, i mean steam's reputation is already as far as quality of games on steam there's 90 percent of the games on steam are absolute garbage like there's there are a lot of good games on steam but the majority of them are really garbage if you want any good examples of them it presented in an in a amusing way you'll look up jim sterling on youtube so games journalist and uh, he writes reviews, which are good, but also he does stuff that's entertaining. Like, he'll go and play games on Greenlight, which is Steam's way of, you know, allowing the community to vote on what gets in, onto Steam or not. So he'll go and just pick a game off of Greenlight and play it, and some of the stuff actually gets onto Steam, and it's garbage. Like, there's there's stuff on Steam that was something where someone literally went out and purchased some assets from an asset store which is it's supposed to be like oh here's a template for making your game and you build on top of this so they just purchase the assets and then just put them in a level built it packaged it up and then sold it like it's not even complete they're just selling the assets that they purchased stuff like that's insane so as far as steam's reputation they're they're already at rock bottom as far as quality control goes. They don't do any quality control. <laughs> that's, uh, that's. I think it was point, more though. of a. Yeah, I think it was more of a problem from Warner Brothers' perspective because that can't be good for them. Yeah. Monetarily, like, if I mean, the console copies of it are selling pretty well, and they seem to run fine. But the PC gaming market is fairly large, and there were a lot of people that were really looking forward to playing it. And if you pay sixty dollars for a title like that, and then it just doesn't work, I'd refund it. I mean, even something that I really, really liked, like The Witcher Three, that has had a bunch of bugs. Like I've had to take a break from playing that until they patched some of the stuff because it just there are points that didn't work right, and that's had far fewer issues than Arkham Knight has. I don't know. At least they didn't do what they did with Arkham Origins, which was. That one also had a bunch of bugs. And they said something along the lines of, oh, well, we're not actually planning on releasing any patches right now because we're working on DLC. What's that? Uh, Downloadable content. So they're like, we're working on more things to sell you. We're not going to fix what we already sold you. Okay. I mean, it was real... I see how it it goes. It was real bad. So at least this is a good thing. It's good that they pulled it, but it's insane that they would ever think that that was okay to sell in the first place yeah it's kind of the lesser of that vehicles,
1: i guess if you leave it on you know your reputation well it's, it's like more i guess
0: well I, the thing is they've been okay with doing that before which is why i think that the introduction of steam refunds has to have made a difference because before they would have just left it up there and been like well you know you're just gonna have to deal with it
1: right did it make news before or is it this just something that you
0: heard it's about? made news when stuff has been bad before but They just it's still sold well enough, and nobody's had a way to refund things, so it really didn't seem to bother them all that much.
1: Wait, I don't know, it's kind of hard to believe that something that bad would be like, I mean, if they're still in business, I know Warner Brothers does a lot of other stuff that they're not just doing games, but
0: yeah, well, that's the thing, though. It's like before when a game would go bad like that people would have already pre-ordered because they sell pre-orders so heavily. They've already got their money, and they don't have a way to refund the stuff after the game comes out. Like, if you've already purchased the game and taken it home, or, I mean, you purchased the game through Steam, you pretty much can't get a refund, or you couldn't before.
1: And now you can, I see.
0: Yeah, so you could before, technically, but it was basically a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, or it was like, you know, it was the kind of thing where, like, you had to go out of your way to get it done, you had to contact them and wait around for them to get back to you. And they were like, okay, we don't officially do this. This is a one-time thing. This is the only time we're refunding something for you. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So most people just wouldn't do it. they just like, okay, well, that was money down the drain. Now there's an easy way for people to kind of stick it to the man when stuff like this happens.
1: Yeah. But I think that's a good model. I think if you like a game, you should play it for a certain amount of time more than a certain limit and if you if you don't then you're obviously not going to play it because you don't like it or it's not working.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and kind of consumers need a way to fight back, especially in the US. Like the thing is there's been so many cases of people releasing products that were just blatantly not what was advertised and just fundamentally broken. And there needs to be a way for people to say like, yeah, I paid you $60. You said you were going to give me one thing and what you gave me was not that thing or it was not even functional. I need my money back. Right. So it's good that there seems to be a way to do that now. And I hope that that makes publishers think a little harder about doing some quality control and say, you know, maybe we should take another month and fix some of the bugs on this. You know, it might cost us some money, but we may end up at, Losing less money doing it this way. And then just releasing whatever we have. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But. Yeah. So I think. That's about it on that topic. Do you have anything else. in the Under the umbrella of gaming. That you want to talk about.
1: Uh, not really. I think it's kind of a, it's not, not quite my uh, cup of tea per se. Actually, that's not the right metaphor or whatever that is. Uh, expression. I'm not, I'm not explaining myself right, but no, it's, it, it's good. I'm, I'm just not thinking of anything else that I
0: can contribute. Okay. But, uh, Let's see. It's about time to wrap up, I think. Yeah,
1: we're we're just over an hour or
0: so. Actually, before we do that, have you read any books this week? Any books? Is that what you said? Yes. Awesome.
1: Um, yes. Any other books? I haven't. That's the sad thing. But the good news is that I am, I think I'm, wait, I'm about 35, I think 35 or 40 hours into the audiobook that I started listening to after i started like reading the book the way of kings by brandon sanderson and i'm liking it a lot um so definitely (laughs) a really really good read it's a thousand pages apparently the i think the second book's out already he's writing a third and there's supposed to be 10 books in the series so um if if all of them if the rest are as good as the the first one then i'm gonna be
0: I'm, i'm gonna be pretty excited cool i really like audiobooks as a whole it's nice to be able to just listen to stuff sometimes especially when it's read by somebody who's good at reading yeah and some it's also interesting when people do actual voices for the characters and stuff like that if it's a fictional book it's interesting
1: yeah i'm reading on audible so it's it's i've i've it's i think it's like the first book i got free so i'm pretty um pretty pretty pleased with my first experience with audible They're pretty good. It's not distracting or anything, listening to the people.
0: Cool. Yeah, I haven't really read anything this week at all. It's been busy.
1: You should totally, totally pick up
0: The Way of Kings. I think you'd like it a lot. Yeah, sure. it would be good. I may have to check it out. All right. Well, I think that's about it for this week of the podcast. All right. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and... Till next time.